Good morning. Welcome to Bridgewater. My name is Brett, and I'm one of the pastors at Bridgewater. <clears throat> that was a good song. Even when we don't see that he's working, even when I don't feel that God's working, he never stops working. Um, that's, that's a good reminder. I needed that. Um, I needed that. It's a uh, I think I need to keep that in the front of my mind all the time. Um, he never stops. And that's not just in church work. That's world work. That's personal life. That's <clears throat> school life. I mean, it, it, in every area, he never stops working. Now, we may stop, but he never stops. That's it's encouraging. <clears throat> uh, we're in a series called Open House. And we're going to get there in a moment. But I want to tell you a story about a, a friend of mine named Stuart. Stuart and his wife were struggling um, in their marriage. They had a couple kids and didn't know which way was up. And uh, <clears throat> somebody said, you should call Brett and Nicole. And they did. And said, we heard you do counseling. And he said, yeah, we do. And <clears throat> so we started meeting uh, Stuart. And his wife uh, began attending our small group, and both of them uh, became followers of Jesus over a period of time. Uh, he then said, you know, I think I want to get involved at Bridgewater. What do, what do I do? He had two little kids and decided, you know what, I'm going to start serving in the kids' ministry. So this is several years ago. We, uh, after small group, one, one Wednesday night, I said, hey, how's it going? How's the kid thing going? And he said, you know what? I thought I was going to be helping those kids. But I think I'm learning more than any of the children. Of course, then I want to know why. Like, you know, is this something I need to sign up for? I said, tell me more. He said, uh, he said well, a lot of these Bible stories, I've never heard of them. I'm hearing about them for the very first time. He said, you ever hear of that guy Jonah? I said, yeah, I have. He said, that's incredible. He said, they have me teaching now the, the kids in class, and he said, they're really smart, and they ask me a bunch of questions, and I don't have a clue. So he said, all week, I'm studying really hard, and I am learning a ton. I thought, wow, that, that is really neat. Like, who'd have thunk it? I didn't want to make him feel bad. He's, he was teaching kindergarten in first, first grade, so I, I mean, he's pretty low-hanging fruit, but he said, I'm learning a ton. <clears throat> we're in a series called Open House, like I said before, and we're looking at Bridgewater and trying to allow everybody here to take a look, and at all of our campuses, why does Bridgewater do what we do? And we began several weeks ago in Matthew chapter 28, and we looked at the idea that Jesus really only gave us one job, and it was to make more and better disciples. And we're supposed to go... <clears throat> And we're supposed to baptize, and we're supposed to help people obey God's word. Okay. Then we said, okay, if Bridgewater is going to do that as a church, then let's look at the house. Let's have an open house. We started on the porch, the front porch, and we said Sunday mornings is really our front porch. It's where we want to welcome guests. We want to, we want to help everybody feel welcome. Okay. Then, then we went from the porch. We said, well, come on into the living room. And last week we sat in the living room and 
you know, that was couches, and we talked about the idea that we really need to, if you want to grow in a, as a follower of Jesus, you really need to be in small groups. You need to be with other followers of Jesus, rubbing shoulders with them, because life is better connected. Well, this week, we're going to go through the living room. We're going to go into the kitchen, all right? And the kitchen is where serving happens. You see, Stuart had entered the kitchen of Bridgewater. Unbeknownst to him, probably. He had entered the kitchen. And he had said, what should I do around here? And somebody said, well, you have two little kids. Why don't you put on one of these shirts and you can come hang out with the children. And he said, that sounds great. He did his background checks, ends up in there. And then after a while, they said, you know, you're really good with kids. Have you ever taught? No, no. You want to try it? Sure. Well, before he knew it, he was in front of the rally room, the larger gathering of kids, and he was teaching the children and learning like crazy. And what we're going to discover today is what, when we think that we are serving to help other people, we're really serving and, and God's growing us. You see, God can do multiple things at one time. He's a great multitasker. So I can serve in an area and meet a need, but all the while, God can be helping me grow. And hopefully what we'll discover today is that we really need to be serving in order to be really growing like God wants us to. So if you have your Bibles, I would like you to join me in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. That's where we're going. And we're going to look at a, a letter that Paul wrote. So Paul wrote... 1 Corinthians, then he wrote 2 Corinthians. So it was two letters to this church in Corinth. And they were letters that he wrote and he sent them and then somebody took the letter to that church and they read it, they would have read it in a gathering to the body, to the people. Here's what Paul says. He sends his greetings and he goes down through. It's actually the same letter that that Jim was reading from for communion. Um, So here... He, he stumbles on something about, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Why don't we just read it? So, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning with verse 1. It says, Now, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. All right. <clears throat> now, we could, we could run along and go further, but I just want to stop here and say, okay, if I'm new to Bridgewater, if I'm new as a follower of Jesus, and I heard this, I would have two questions. First of all, what's a gift of the Spirit? And who is this guy's Spirit, and why is he giving me gifts? I would want to know that. And Paul is saying, I don't want you to be misinformed. So there's some more information to come. But the Spirit here is the Holy Spirit. And I put a slide together to talk a little about the Holy Spirit. Some think that the Holy Spirit's a mystical force or, or something like that, but, but the Holy Spirit is actually God. And in Acts chapter 5, there's a, there's a story there about Ananias and Sapphira, and they sinned, and, and Peter says, actually, you didn't sin against me. You, you, you sinned against the Holy Spirit. And then later on says, you sinned against God. And, and what Peter was saying is basically the, the Holy Spirit and God, they're, they're one. So the Holy Spirit is not just a a force or, a, or an emphasis. It's, it's God. 
So the, the Bible makes it very clear that the Holy Spirit's God. And, and actually, Jesus in John chapter 14 talks a lot about the Holy Spirit. And if you want to know more about the Holy Spirit, you can read John 14, John 16. Um, Jesus tells the followers, his followers, when I leave you, God will still be with you because I'm going to send a, a comforter, a counselor, and it was the Holy Spirit. So, so that's the Spirit that Paul is talking about. Now, what about these gifts? Well, they're sometimes referred to as spiritual gifts, and I put a definition together for us. So here, here's what a spiritual gift is, a special divine empowerment given to each follower of Jesus to accomplish a given ministry the way God would want. Basically, spiritual gifts are given to followers of Jesus so that we can serve Jesus and serve the body. Um, they, we all certainly have talents, passions. These, these are a little different from those, although that doesn't mean that they don't work well together. Um, but these are given by God to all followers of Jesus to help the body, to help each other, to help us, fellow followers of Jesus. We're going to learn more about that as we read. So, back to 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, Paul continues, You know that when you were pagans, or not followers of Jesus, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God, says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. What, what Paul is saying here is, God is not contradictory. Okay, You can't say, I have the spiritual gift of criticism, and so I am going to criticize you. Okay, No, that doesn't come from God. I have the spiritual gift of lying. I am actually a spiritually gifted manipulator. No, no, not from God. God does not contradict himself. The gifts of the Spirit are to help build up, edify the body. <clears throat> okay? Verse 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. Okay, <clears throat> let me stop here. So remember who Paul is writing to. He's writing to a church in Corinth. Roman and Greek mythology, Roman and Greek gods, they, they are... They are a part of a religious system, the culture was, with many, 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 many gods. And so, if Paul was speaking to that audience, he would be saying, okay, we, one God, okay, one, one God gives these gifts. And they would be thinking, well, no, if I, if I want the, the gift of intellect, then I talk to the god Athena. And if I want great hunting, I talk to Artemis. And if I want great music, I talk to Apollos. And Paul is saying, no, 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 okay, no, no, no. No, this is not Greek and Hebrew, or Greek and Roman religion. The, okay, one God, okay? So that's why he says, verse 4, that there's, there's different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. So when you hear all this list of spiritual gifts, don't, don't think that there are a bunch of different gods, and each God gives that one or this one. No, no, one God. <clears throat> verse 5, there are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. So he's like, I, I want to emphasize this. There are different kinds of workings, but in all of them and in, in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. 
And that's where I want us to sit on the first point. And the, the first point would be that all Christians are made by God to serve others. That's why he says, for the common good, every follower of Jesus has the Holy Spirit, and every follower of Jesus has spiritual gifts, and they are given for the body. And that's why he made us. He, all Christians are made by God to serve others. God has equipped the church and followers of Jesus with amazing variety of gifts in order to make us stronger together than we are apart. Paul then goes on and lists a bunch of serving opportunities in the church. And I don't think these are necessarily strategically uh, individual. I think he was looking at the ministry and saying, here are a bunch of here are a bunch of gifts I see, a bunch of options. I'm looking at the, the church and I'm saying, here, here are a bunch. So verse 8, Paul continues, To one there is given through the Spirit a, a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by, the same, by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, and, and then verse 11, he says, all of these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Paul is really, really, really stressing this idea that one God, we have one God, and he, one, gives spiritual gifts. In, in Romans, actually, to a letter to the Romans, Paul wrote about spiritual gifts again, and here's what he said in Romans 12. <clears throat> He said, uh, he says this, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophecy, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is in, to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. I think Paul is less concerned with what's in the list and more concerned with followers of Jesus being involved in the body, using what God has given us to strengthen the body. We need to get off the couch and into the kitchen. We need to get off the couch and into the kitchen. In the, in the living room, it is easy not to serve. We just are sitting on the couch. In the kitchen, there's a lot of serving going on. Somebody made a plan in the kitchen. Okay, they were planning. Somebody was, was making sure all the dishes were clean so that when the plan was executed, we could have some place to put whatever we were doing. Somebody was making the food. Somebody was actually taking the food out so people could eat it. There was a lot of serving going on in the kitchen. None of those different roles are any less important. If the person who's supposed to clean the dishes doesn't get the dishes clean, all the food that was prepared goes out on dirty dishes. Well, that's important. If there was no plan for the meal in the kitchen, we may end up with four desserts and no entree. Not a bad problem, but a problem. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> if, uh, you know, if, 
if nobody's preparing the food and everybody's just cleaning the dishes and making a plan, nobody eats. Well, it's the same with the body of Christ. Paul says we've got all these gifts, we've got all these, these ministry opportunities in the church and all these gifted people in the body. We all need to be involved in helping the body become stronger and stronger, helping Bridgewater Church become stronger and stronger. That's the kitchen. You may be saying, I, I don't know. I don't think Bridgewater makes it very easy for people to get involved. That's possible. However, right in front of you, in the chair, just in front of you, there is a piece of paper. And it looks like this. <clears throat> okay? It looks just like this. Grab it right now. Just, just reach forward and take it. <clears throat> okay, just take it. The, this, this is just a sampling of some of the things that are involved, that, that, that people can be involved in at Bridgewater. <clears throat> just a sampling. Um, If you flip that over, so the front side just says next steps. Don't, don't dwell on that because there's nothing to do on that side. The other side, though, <clears throat> mentions guest services and kids and adults and caring and technical and facilities and creative arts. and <clears throat> You know what? There, there's a, even a pen there in, in the seat in front of you because I wouldn't want somebody to say, I don't know how I could be involved. Oh, here's how. I don't have a pen no problem. There's a pen. <clears throat> I, I, feel like, uh, I feel like churches a lot of times are like football stadiums, okay? And uh, <clears throat> I stole this from somebody who says, get in the game. But here, here's what he says. He says, uh, church is sometimes described like a football field with 22 men in desperate need of rest, surrounded by 50,000 fans in desperate need of exercise. That is the church a lot of times. It's 5% of the people doing 95% of the work. And the, the problem with that is that the people who are not involved in ministry are missing out on an incredible opportunity to grow in Christ. If Stuart Moyer had said, yeah, I just, I'm not going to get involved, he would have missed out on what God was going to do in his life as he taught those little kids. And he learned and he grew and he was stretched and he loved it. <clears throat> and sometimes I think, well, I'm going to serve these people and they will benefit greatly, not realizing that God's looking down at me and saying, oh, no, 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 Brett, you're going to serve those people. They're going to put up with you, but you're going to benefit greatly. Because we've got to get in the game. So... Um, I'm going to give 30 seconds of silence so that you can look at that little sheet and you may even want to write your pen, put your pen to paper and jot something down. But I, I'm going to try not to talk for 30 seconds. Go.
Wow, that was longer than I thought. Whew. 30 seconds. You, you may be looking at this list and saying, I just don't know. How do you know what you should get involved in? How do you know what, what you're gifted at? Or, or even, I'm looking at this and none of these really fit me. Well, good news. <clears throat> we have a lady <clears throat> at Bridgewater who has decided that she would like to write birthday cards to every child who has a birthday. That's not on the list. And so she came and said, you know what, could I do this? And you know what, Bridgewater, you know what we said? <laughs> yeah, of course you can do that. That's amazing. We have another group at, at another campus that came to, uh, to their campus pastor and said, you know what, we would like to pray on Sunday mornings for an hour before the service starts. Could we have a room and get together so that we can pray? And we said, no, we have way too much prayer around here. No, we're not going to pray. Of course, yes, you can pray. Well, that's not on the list. Oh, no, this list is not exhaustive. Um, Dar and Wayne just handed out 60 backpacks to foster kids this last week. It is not on the list. But they did it because they felt like that's what God would want them to do. There's a small group here that went door-to-door -door in this community inviting people to a picnic at Bridgewater. Okay, that's not on here. But it's just people getting involved. Get in the game. So you, you may have something in your mind that you say, I just really feel like this is what God would want me to do. Write it down. That's why it says other. See? Other at the bottom. <clears throat> I, I coach Montrose Junior Football. And it's, uh, we had our first game last week. 17 little boys and one girl. 16 little boys and a girl. Um, and we got crushed. We got shut out. 37 to 0. There were 42 boys on the other sidelines. And we watched them trounce us over and over again. Now, going into that game, I had some ideas about who could block. I had some ideas about who could run. I had some ideas about who could tackle. But I didn't really know what we had until those kids got off the sidelines and they got in the game. <clears throat> and then, now it's very clear. You know, th there may... One of our littlest boys is tenacious on the line at rushing the quarterback. I don't think they see him. And he just like zips around him and they miss him. Well, I wouldn't have known that. <clears throat> With him on the sidelines, I would have thought, ah, he's too small to play the line. Let's put some of these bigger guys here on the line. He's an animal. Who knew? And I think sometimes... I. I can, I can fear what I don't know. We can stand on the sidelines. I can even ask my friends, hey, what do you think I'd be good at? And they could give suggestions, but, but I don't think we really know 
where we should be serving in the body until we get off the sidelines and we get involved. There was a, uh, there was a need this morning, and I saw it. I saw the need met. There were two, well, there were a zillion needs. This morning, there, there, were, there were two that I saw met. One was a, a bunch of teenagers who ran around and, and put a bunch of things in the chairs. They are not paid staff, they, uh, but they did it. They met a need. Um, the other one was I, I saw a need. There was nobody to, to flip the slides this morning. I don't know if you realize that, but we had a new slide flipper this morning. Of course, there's no slides up there now, so could be that it's broken. Um, but, during, <laughs> but, but during the songs, somebody was willing, there was a need, and Isaac said, will you please? And they said, yes, I will. Sometimes it's just being willing. Um, but at Bridgewater, in our open house, we do have a front porch. We want to be very open and welcoming to everybody. We have a living room. We really want people connected. Life is better connected in small groups. But we most definitely have a kitchen. And in the kitchen, serving happens. And if you're new to Bridgewater, I I certainly don't want you to feel like there is no place at Bridgewater where you can get involved. Um, I had somebody the other day, I asked them for something or to do something, and and they said, I'm so glad. I, I wondered if I was needed. I thought, ah, I don't want anybody sitting on the sidelines because they don't feel like they're needed. We've been, we've been, if we're followers of Jesus, we, we have spiritual gifts. We need to exercise those gifts because it helps the body, but it also helps us. So what? So what are we going to do? I, I found this, this uh, story that was... Amazing. There was, there was an English missionary in India whose mission board required him to, along with sharing Jesus, keep detailed accounting records for which he had to be a skilled bookkeeper. He wasn't. He had no background in accounting or business. He only had a calling. He wanted to tell people about Jesus. His books were always off. And so the mission board finally fired him. Unfit for the mission field was their assessment when, in truth, he was only unfit for bookkeeping. He left without incident, and nobody really knew where he went. Years later, a woman missionary visited a remote jungle village to introduce the natives to Jesus. She told them of his kindness, of his love for the poor, how Jesus went from house to house to eat with them, how he visited them when they were sick, how he fed the hungry, how he healed the sick and bound up their wounds of the brokenhearted, and how children loved to follow him. The eyes of the natives lit up and their faces beamed and one of them exclaimed, Miss, we know him well. The man you describe has been living here for years. When they took her to see him, it was the man who years earlier had been dismissed from the mission, by the mission board. He had settled there to do his work, released from the tyranny of bookkeeping. Whenever anyone was sick, he visited them and waited on them all night if necessary. He tended to their needs. When they were hurt, he nursed their wounds. He brought food and water to the village. When disease broke out, he went from hut to hut, doing what he could to help. 
He told them about Jesus, but he also served just like Jesus would. If someone were to come to your school, to your home, to your workplace, and begin describing Jesus, would people say, we know him well. He has been living here for years. Saved people serve people. It's one of our core values. So what role has God uniquely designed you to accomplish in the body of Christ? What are you passionate about? What are you talented at? Maybe God made you an encourager and you need to just write encouragement notes every week. Maybe you're a server and you really just want to meet needs behind the scenes. You don't ever want to be up front and you don't even really want people to know, but you just want to meet needs. Maybe you're a gifted teacher and need to be teaching every week. Maybe you have the gift of faith and you're a prayer warrior and God has uniquely gifted you to be able to see hope through prayer in the midst of dire situations. I could have used you last night. Tell me who you are so I can ask you to pray that my children will sleep through the night. (laughs) And there are nods from young moms everywhere. Maybe, you, you're, maybe God has gifted you as a generous giver, and behind the scenes you just want to give generously, and you probably already are. Um, I want to recognize that there are a bunch of you out here who are serving like crazy. In fact, the percentage of serving people here is very, very high nationwide. Like if we, if we polled churches, there are churches where 5% do 95% of the work. Not here. Not here. So this is not a guilt trip. This is merely, a, this is part of Bridgewater. We, we have a kitchen. We realize we want people serving. We want teenagers serving in the kids' ministry, serving on the soundboard. We, we want teenagers involved. Teenagers learn by serving. I, I've told this story. When I was in 10th grade, a lady right there asked me to, to help her teach junior church, and I said yes. I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know what she was thinking, asking me. Um, But I learned so much as a teenager from being involved. Now, I could have just sat. Sure, I could have sat in the pew. I could have gone to youth group and that was it. But getting involved in ministry took me to another level. Another level because I had to learn this lesson so well because I was going to be teaching first, second, and third, fourth grade boys. And they were going to ask me a bunch of questions. And I had to make this lesson entertaining enough that they would actually pay attention. This is not an adult only. I mean, Bridgewater is is all about teens getting involved too. Children getting involved. My son Jesse, on, on Wednesday nights in Voyager, he is involved in helping the younger kids learn their Bible verse. He's in fifth grade. Why? Because serving is so important. And what we have found is when our teenagers serve God, they stay around at Bridgewater because Bridgewater is their church. It's not their parents' church. In fact, we split up as a family. We have five children. We only bring one here because our two high school children serve in Montrose and they leave us every morning to go and serve in Montrose because it's their church. 
And they love serving. And, and another, our son drives to Tunkhannock and serves in the kids' ministry because it's his ministry. In fact, he just said the other day, I don't think I want to go out of town for work because I don't want to miss serving in Tunkhannock. I love those kids, and it's amazing to see what God's doing. Well, what happened? He was just a teenager here, you know, around, and then all of a sudden it's his church. Oh, he, 1 Corinthians 12, he got involved. Now it's not dad's church, mom's church. No, it's his. I've got to be there because I've got a responsibility. What about you? If you don't know what your gift is, I would say try something. Try something. And then ask your friends, do you think I'm good at this? What do you think I'd be good at? And see. Um, but I, don't, I would be remiss to not thank a bunch of you, <laughs> a lot of you, for serving so faithfully. God is using you in the lives of this body. And hopefully, probably, God is using your serving on, on you as well. Let's pray. Father, we, um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm glad that church is not a spectator sport. That, that following you is not a spectator sport, but you ask us to jump in and get involved, roll up our sleeves, and be a, be a part of building up the body. Um, thank you that you use ministry not only to meet needs in the body, but also to grow us up. Thank you for serving and setting an example of that in the scriptures. Um, please help us. God, we... <clears throat> we realize that this is your church and you've asked us to go. You've asked us to be involved. You've asked us <clears throat> to share Jesus with people and to meet people's needs and to serve each other. I think there's 39 times you say one another, you know, to do something with one another in the New Testament. I, I pray that we would do that well. Um, thank you for what you're doing in your church. Thank you for another carnation, another life changed by Christ. We just want to see you do that more. So would you use us, prick us, help us know where you want us to get off the sidelines and get in the game. In Jesus' name, amen.